Welcome to The Surge, a podcast about all things AmSurge and the ambulatory surgery center industry, where we share insight, news, and conversations relevant to our nationwide network of centers. Join us as we hear from AmSurge leadership, partners, and healthcare experts about the best practices, trends, and strategies that help your business thrive. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Surge. My name is Daniela Alzuru. I am Envision Healthcare's Director of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. Today, we're going to be talking about employee resource groups, or ERGs. Specifically, we're going to be discussing the People Network, which is to support our teammates of color. I'm really excited to have today our general counsel, who is also the group's executive sponsor, and she is also the executive sponsor of our diversity, equity, and inclusion program, Eileen Moore. We also have with us Kyla Stripling, Senior Director in the Office of Strategy and Transformation at AmSurge, and Kelton Brooks, Social Media Strategist at Envision, who are the co-leads for the People Network. Thanks, Daniela. Thank you, Daniela. I am excited to be here to discuss the People Network. Thank you, Daniela. I'm happy to be here today to discuss the ERG. So at Envision, we define employee resource groups or ERGs as spaces for teammates of a shared identity or background and their allies to come together for personal connection, professional and personal development, and other forms of engagement. And I'm curious, Kyla and Kelton, if you all have anything to add to that definition. Thank you, Daniela. Um, For me, I also want to just highlight that ERG groups are about uh, developing diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging in organization, but from the bottom up, because they are led by individuals within both the Envision and MSERP parts of the organization. So it's not so much a top-down exercise, but a bottom-up exercise in alignment with how we are working to develop the vision for DEIB in our organization. That would be something I just want to highlight. And I think that it's also the ERD groups are co-led. So like Kelton and I both represent different parts of the organization, which to me adds a lot of diversity within itself to recognize the different arms or sets within our Envision family. And so that has been a very enriching experience. I guess, thank you again for that, um, both Daniela and Kyla. I guess for me, I guess to piggyback off um, how you guys so elo- eloquently just put that, a lot of times when we see people in these particular spaces, in the ERG spaces, we see them professionally. And I think personally, it's being able to see what we don't see on camera. You know, seeing how you align with different people, seeing how you align with different groups, seeing how you, um, seeing, that, seeing the ally support, like just seeing everything from a personal aspect. And that's kind of what, what I am enjoying so far from, I guess, um, being a part of an ERG, being a part of the People Network. And I think for me, that's been um, vital for me to see. It's been important for me to see. Like even we have other leaders in our inclusion group and in our women's group, being able to see their launch, being able to see the people they're bringing to the group and being able to see how they're collaborating. So I guess being a part of the ERG and then like the way we define it, I love seeing it on a personal aspect as well. Can you share with our listeners how your participation in ERGs in your career has positively impacted you? And has there been a downside? Yes, Daniela. I will focus on primarily two positives because there are just too many to list. For me, the first one is the ability to form communities and bring people together so that they feel connected. We know that when we come to work, we are bringing our full selves to work. 
However, you know, we only represent ourselves through like that work professional lens. And so to me, um, being able to be a part of ERGs is a place where I'm able to be seen fully and be able to belong as my full authentic self. So that to me has been a big part of why I like ERGs and appreciate them from a community perspective. The second is I'm a firm believer in legacy creation. I don't believe that everything I do today is something that directly benefits me. I believe it is about setting the path for others to see that because someone like me is in certain roles and positions that they too can lead, they too can push forward. And so I feel that my role is to bring awareness around issues using ERGs and to make people feel that they um, have spaces of safety and can be themselves in the workplace. So that's been really big positives for me for ERG. The, the biggest downside, I think, of being a part of ERG is not so much a, a negative, but it's about organizational readiness. I feel that there are organizations who really want to have this type of platform and work within the organization, but they have a superficial understanding of the depth of knowledge that's needed and support that's needed to really develop a robust DIE type of a platform that is supported by our ERG work. And I mean, diversity, equity, inclusion practices. And I find that that becomes challenging because it, it impacts your ability to really make forward momentum and progress because you need that institutional support and also like the power dynamics to really forward this work. And if it's only there in a superficial capacity, it's really challenging to try to execute a DEI strategy with just influence. Kyla, I want to talk a little bit more about the legacy component part of this work, charting a path for future generations of folks who want to take on and pursue leadership opportunities or involvement in work like this. But so often we hear that that's an additional burden that people who are historically underrepresented have to take on. Do you feel that way? And what do you think are effective strategies to reaching out to allies so people who don't necessarily identify as part of an underserved community to help take on some of this work as well? Yeah, that's an excellent question, Daniela. I, I think when I was more junior in my career, I didn't think about it a lot, honestly. And as I become more seasoned, I think, wow, it might be an extra burden, but I feel like it's my honor and, and honestly, my privilege. I look at even within my family, the women in my family and their legacy they've given to me. I don't think sometimes when you're in the moment of it, they realize what they were doing, but I think, wow, how did they carry all of that? I think you do what you have to do in order to create the path forward. I think the biggest thing with allies and, and individuals that I found to be successful is just creating conversations and getting to know each other. And so they understand the lens of how I view things and understand my perspective. And then they can also, in their own way, kind of contribute to what that's like. For example, saying, hey, Kyle, we would like for you to lead an ERG group. Those things are very meaningful because it helps support the legacy and the mission of what I feel my life is set here to be. Um, but I don't know if I see it so much as a burden and so much as a necessary, it's necessary in order to continue to drive the path forward. Kyla, thanks so much for sharing that. It's really inspiring. And turning to you, Kelton, along those lines, you all have defined a really bold mission statement for the People Network. And that mission statement is, quote, to create a safe space, foster networking, 
establish professional and personal goals, and address issues of DEI concerning the growth of Black, Indigenous, and people of color, both inside and outside of Envision. Now, that's obvious enough, but can you expand maybe on what your personal hopes are for being a leader of this group or a co-leader of this group? And what do you think success will look like for the People Network? That's a two-part response for me, because I feel like personally, like I want a safe space for both members and allies. I want people to show up as their authentic selves, like Kyla mentioned earlier, because that was important for me to show up as my authentic self personally, both like both personally and professionally. It took a while in the journey for me to get to this particular space that I'm in now to be fully who I am, um, just as a black person within this company and just a black person in general within this country. But for people to show up within the people network, I think one thing that we've learned from so many different meetings is that people want resources. People want to learn who they are. People want to communicate. People want to um, create professional development and networking. And I think I had to set that part I guess out of myself. I know personally what I want as a leader. I want that. I want to create the safe place for people. I want people to come in and again and to be themselves. But um, Kyla created this wonderful, I guess, like word cloud in our in our initial kickoff meeting, and the group and the membership they they identified what they was looking for. They mentioned engagement. They mentioned connection. They mentioned inclusiveness and friendship and providing resources and networking. And I think that's what success looks like, is providing the members and the allies what they're looking for and what they're in search of and what they're hoping to get from um, from the people network. So that looks like success to me. I'm, I may have my personal vision, my personal vision when we came to creating the people network. But again, success for me looks like providing the members and allies with all they're looking for and what all they're looking to gain from the people network. Thanks so much for sharing that, Kelton, and for being so clear about what success looks like for this group. Would either of you want to elaborate a little bit more on some of the conversations that you two had when you met as co-leads and what your vision was for the people network? And, you know, potentially talk about some of the needs that you are trying to address, needs that you've identified and are trying to address through the work that you're doing as co-leaders of the people network. I want to start out now after the first part of the question, especially meeting Kyla. I First of all, Daniela, thank you for introducing me to Kyla because I really needed that. I guess for me, I had a an, an emotional need in a sense to create something like this because this is something that I'm passionate about. I knew I knew what I wanted to look like. I knew how I felt about it. I knew this was important for me both personally, but I didn't know how to build this into constructive professionally. And just talking with Kyla, meeting with her, and learning all of her background and how she is a full-on strategist. Like this is what this is something she's great at. So again, I, I had the personal part of it. So I guess meeting with Kyla and then learning how to, um, I guess, put this in a, in a professional type of platform, put this in a, a professional like foundation. Like how can we build this up? How can we create this safe space? How can we put together meetings? Like what does it look like? What what would be our infrastructure? So I think that was that was my initial takeaway just meeting with Kyla and just kind of doing everything together. Thanks, Kelton. And for me, when we got together and I met Kelton, I fed off of Kelton's like enthusiasm for this concept of being able to bring what we were calling at the term a BIPOC group. And I think when Kelton and I began to initially start speaking about it, one thing that we shared in common was we wanted it to be a place of community and inclusivity. And so therefore the naming of the organization became pivotal for us. And that's when we transitioned from calling it a BIPOC group to the People Network, because we felt the People Network, although it's an acronym, 
the word people is saying this is a network for anyone, allies, people of color to join and be a part of a community in a corporate environment where you can feel that you can have safe, inclusive conversations. And that was really something that we leaned into about how to be really inclusive and be very intentional about setting this platform, not for people who directly identify with the BIPOC group, but those who also want to support the group through allyship. So we talked a little bit about needs that we had identified that we wanted the ERGs to meet. In thinking about the ERG formation process, was this a new experience for you? Eileen, I'll start with you. Thanks, Daniela. Um, It is a great question. And I think many people might assume because you are a part of the DEI program that you are very familiar with all parts and pieces of the offerings that we provide. But I will say the formation process was new to me. While I've been part of companies that have had established ERGs, this was the very first time I was able to participate in a launch. And what surprised me the most, I think, was the organic nature of the launch. While ERGs are, of course, company-sponsored, the program is really teammate-driven, which is super exciting. Personally, I loved witnessing the creativity of the groups as they formed. They all have their own culture and identity. And while part of a larger group and this thing that connects them together, they also have quite a bit of individuality. So it was great to see teammates from all over the organization come together and really co-create something that makes our culture special and unique. That's really powerful. And certainly as someone who identifies as a woman and as a person of color, I recognize the role that allies have played in my own advancement and how powerful it has been when you are able to align yourself with allies. But I also know that I am an ally to other communities, and I recognize how much personal benefit and even professional benefit there is um, of, of learning more about the needs of, of, of underserved groups and working collectively towards uh, improvement and, and advocacy for those, those, those folks. I, I wanted to turn now to a question that I'd love for you to answer first, Kyla, and Kelton, feel free to add anything. So you've touched on this a little bit, Kyla. Aside from what we've already discussed, what are some just concrete benefits of joining an employee resource group? When, when executed well, what can employee resource groups do both at the company level and for the individuals who are involved in those groups? Yes. So I'll start first with the company level. I, um, we were having recently actually a meeting with our sponsor, Eileen, and she actually said, you know, we want to bring these things to the surface when Kelsey and I were speaking with her. And I thought that was so powerful because at the corporate level, um, Sometimes you're not always connected with what's happening there. I call that like the grassroots effort. And to be able to have awareness to how your employees are feeling, um, and particularly around like sense of belonging and trust and those types of things. So for me, the benefit of having ERG groups is they serve as a platform where people are able to come and they're able to voice all the positive that are happening, but they're able to help the company understand any gaps and opportunities where we may need to step in and provide additional resources or support or different things so that we are continuing to build the the sense of belonging at organizations that people feel that they have value and trust and they feel that the organization is listening to them. So I think from a corporate perspective, it gives you insights. 
And then from a person who is a part of ERD groups and not just a co-chair, it gives for me a sense of I'm not alone in the challenges that I face. And I think that's one thing that people have really experienced with ERD groups. It makes you feel more connected. It makes you feel like you have a community and people to reach out to, not just for work, but who knows what it means to be a single parent or who knows what it means to be a person of color, who knows what it be to be LGBTQI+. And having that community makes you feel more connected, more grounded. And the research has shown that when people feel that they have a sense of belonging and they have trust, they're they're better they're better performers at work. They're more likely to stay. It helps with retention. So to me, these are just benefits for the employee, employee and for the organization. Can you explain what your vision of a strong ally is? And not necessarily as it applies to the people network, but what is an ally in general and why is ally involvement so critical to the success of this and all employee resource groups? And then also, why is it beneficial for an ally to be involved in these groups? What do they have to benefit from this? Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm a big history person. And when I look back through history, no one achieved anything by themselves. So to me, allyship is that ability to really create that connection to drive forward a movement. And the, I won't say an ideal ally, I don't think there is one, but I think an ally is someone who understands they have a knowledge gap about something, they wanna have more awareness about a topic or issue, and they want to support individuals who may feel more connected to the issue than what they are. They really come with the open mind and open heart of having awareness and understanding and supporting other people, even if they don't fully connect with it. So to me, that's really pivotal in having an ally. And I think the most important thing about allyships is to realize that none of this is a singular effort. Nothing is going to be achieved by just an individual person. And it's going to be people, whether you are in a BIPOC group or generational group or women's group, you're going to need allies to help drive forward your mission so that it does become inclusive and equitable into the corporate setting. It's not just about you. It's about everyone that it could impact. That's great, Kyla. And I love how you made the connection because the research does show that this is a proven press practice that, you know, leads to increased retention and our ability to recruit a more diverse representative group of folks, especially with younger folks entering the workforce, they actively seek for they actively seek companies that offer spaces like these. Kelton, is there anything that you'd like to add? Oh, I'd like to add something about allies. I guess for me it'd be simple. I know in one of our in our first two meetings we had I guess who we would identify as allies that came in and, and they were engaging, interacting, speaking up and sharing their experiences as well. And I think it's one thing that me and Kyla was really um, excited to see and happy about. I guess for me, just just in a in a short form, I guess I know some allies they they come in and they ask, you know, how can I help? And I think sometimes the biggest way to help is to listen. And sometimes you learn what you don't know by interacting and by listening. And I think this is always the first step. I know sometimes they want to you know go in, it's like acting here and acting here. What can I do? But um, take the step to learn what you need to do before you try to do something. And I think that's the biggest way to help. Sometimes people just want you to hear what they have to say and 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 see what they feel and and hear what they feel. And that's what that's what I would deem as an, an helpful ally. Eileen, we often hear that allyship takes action and it can be perhaps a little intimidating or daunting for folks 
who have never practiced allyship to take on that role. Can you share a little bit more about what you've learned and maybe some tips that you would give to folks who want to step up in their role as allies? Yeah, the first thing I would say is don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to step in, to raise your hand and participate. I think that the first thing that most of us do as allies is learn from others. And for many of us who are lifelong learners, learning from others is super natural, super easy. And most folks are, are more than happy to um, help give you some of their time so you can further your own education. I think that each of us as allies can contribute in their own individual way. Wherever you are within the organization, your own unique skills, your own unique experiences, your own unique networks, all of that has a role to play. So there's not a one size fits all. I think that whatever it is that moves you, however you can champion someone else's voice, bring to light issues and make people feel more included and create a bigger sense of belonging within the company, you're being an ally. And that's all we ask. So I think I know how Eileen would respond to this question, but I want to ask you anyway, Eileen. Kelton and Kyla have really been able to take charge in creating the vision and direction that they want to set for the People Network. So I'd love to hear from you about how company leaders, especially folks in your roles who can really be great executive champions, um, can involve, can become more involved and interact with not just this employee resource group, but all employee resource groups. That's a fantastic question. Thank you, Daniela. So as we've talked about today, ERGs are a great forum for employee engagement all throughout the company. It's a safe space to discuss issues, identify opportunities, promote professional growth, and really create greater connection. Overall, I think ERGs really foster a sense of belonging. I would argue right now that is something that is critical in our environment, whether we're connecting virtually or whether we're talking about what's going on at a larger societal level. So we know, we know the evidence shows us that belonging is critical to employee happiness. We also know that belonging is critical to employee engagement. And why does this matter? So the evidence is clear. Engaged employees drive business results. Whether it's finding new, more innovative ways to get work done, whether it's helping with recruiting other amazing talent to the company, fostering professional development, Creating a greater sense of community within the company is vital and it all makes a difference. It's really that simple. So what I would say is let's flip the question on its head. Why wouldn't we all participate or sponsor ERGs? We have nothing to lose and only something to gain. Since we're talking so much about our core values, and how we expect our leaders to kind of emulate, right, the behaviors that we want our teammates to exude, right, or to, to practice, um, you know, our teammates' time is valuable. You know, the people who are contributing to DEI work are investing their time, and their time is important, and their their contributions are important. So it's really, it's almost like, you know, leading by example. I think that that's, there's a really powerful um, component to the the, and that's not the reason why you should be doing this work, but it, 
I'm, people notice. I mean, it's it's not to oversimplify. Individual contributors, teammates notice when their managers and when leaders show up. And that is what helps sustain this work. What advice would you offer to any of our company's leaders who are considering joining any of our groups, multiple groups, if they would want, as a member? For anyone who is considering whether you're an executive or not joining any ERG, I would say just do it. (laughs) And I know that sometimes as executives, there is this fear that if you walk into the room, you might change the conversation or potentially stifle really important dialogue. But I, as someone who's participated in the People Network would say, let that go. People are sharing stories. They're powerful, they're personal, they're authentic. And sometimes they're even a bit heartbreaking. It is a place where we can all come together as teammates and share our stories and learn from one another. And so I would not worry about title. I would not worry about position. I would say for anyone, wherever you are within the organization, executive or otherwise, if you are interested in joining, come join. Join as many as you want. Listen, find the group that feels right for you and participate. There is space for everyone. That's so insightful, Eileen. Thanks so much. And some of the feedback that we've received from executives who have become involved with ERGs is that from a time perspective, the commitment is not great and the insights that they've gained from hearing about the diverse cross-section of our workforce has been really, really valuable as they think about you know, how they want to better support the teams that they lead and how they want to cross-collaborate across the enterprise. Kelton, I want to turn to you now. What kind of advice would you give to teammates since you spoke personally about the sort of void and need that you had, and that was what your motivation was for stepping up and co-leading the People Network? What advice would you offer to teammates who don't see representation of themselves within Envision or AmSearch and who might be interested in starting their own employee resource group? That is a great question. You know. I think from for I'll speak for me personally. When it comes to center representation, I also think that kind of piggybacks off what we're talking about when it comes to retention and people are seeking these things out. I know when we have a a new teammate joining and we'll meet with them externally and they'll introduce themselves and we'll introduce ourselves. Sometimes if I see them and, and they look like me, hey, I'll send a team set, I'll send an email. I know Daniel, I told you I've done it before. Um, I reach out and say, hey, I, I'm so-and-so again, kind of meet on a more, on, just on a different level, more relaxed level. We come in and we speak with them. Um, again, introduce myself to them, tell them about the people in their work and, and, and what we offer here in the vision. I think when people hear about that, they they didn't know or they're learning more about it. It's like, oh, how can I get, how can I get involved? How can I learn more about this, this resource that we have? And I think for, for me, if someone wants to come in and again, like to create their own or how to get this started, when you see that there is a need for a resource or need for something, I think people go out of their way to to make it happen. And I think we should continue to show these resources that we have something like this at Envision. Because again, I think that it's important that we have this. And again, I guess I'm, I know I keep saying speaking for me personally, but I say that because I, I didn't see that when when I joined Envision. I personally did not see that. Daniela, you Daniela, you and 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 Michael Waddell, y'all were the two first people I ever met here at Envision. And you two don't look like me, but I felt comfortable meeting with you two. I mean, you were comfortable being yourself and comfortable expressing yourself to me. And I try to come their way in, in our meetings. So when someone comes to Envision and looking looking for someone that looks like them, 
Um, you may not see it out the back, but as long as you have someone that's like an ally or have someone that you know that you feel comfortable speaking with, um, even if even if their resource is not available right then and there, it feels good to have, it feels good to know that you have someone on your team who you are excited to talk to. Sometimes me and me and Michael we exchange memes. Michael creates these phenomenal graphics of me and him and our faces right there. And and I enjoy that. So to know I can come in and I'm gonna come in and get my work done and be professional, stuff like that as well. But to know that I have that type of person here, the team to be themselves, that makes me more confident. That makes me want to stay. That makes me want to come in and be more productive and and show more creativity. So I enjoy that. Kyla, I don't know how you would follow that up, but um, I, I'm I'm really moved by hearing Kelton share what he did. And I often think about the most important role that these groups play is that folks don't have to imagine what their experiences would be like if we didn't have these spaces, if that makes sense. And so when you walk into a workplace or a new company and you see that they want to be intentional about creating inclusive spaces and engaging spaces for teammates, especially those of us that are more than not remote, right? And we don't have the opportunities to interact as much as we may have had in other in other moments of our careers. Um, can you talk a little bit about what it was like when you joined Envision, right? Kelton and I have been around a little bit longer as we were just starting to get up some of our DEI initiatives. But when you joined, some of the stuff was up and running. And so can you share maybe a little bit about how, what that meant for you to join a company that you saw was committed and working to grow and enhance our DEI offerings to create inclusive spaces for all new teammates wanting to join the company? Yes. And so when I joined Amsurge, I believe, I can't remember you and I somehow got on a call. I forget what the topic was. And I think it was the overview of ERG groups. And when I saw that that was already in progress, I was really excited because in my prior company, I had been a part of establishing their DEI work and governance. And for me, it was something that I wanted to continue and wanted to be a part of. And so I was really excited to see that there was a commitment behind it and that there was a focus and a strategy behind how to incorporate this into the organization because, you know, again, the research is showing that this is not DIE is DEI work is actually really a core strategy of how we engage employees. So it made me feel like I wasn't starting from the ground floor, like in a previous role that I was able to come into something that had leadership had identified needed a structure needed people there. And so I felt really proud that I had, that I was in an environment that that was seen as a need. And it did make me think like, okay, this could be a good fit for me because there is focus around the space and understanding that people are, that they have multifaceted positionalities in the world and how do we engage them? So that was actually very exciting for me. Now to save the most important question for last or questions, I, I should say, how can Envision or AmSearch teammates join the People Network? Or where can they go to learn more about any of our employee resource groups and other diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives? On, I guess I'll, I'm actually going to talk internally for a little bit. I know, um, because of course, we'll for sure put all of our links in, um, in the notes section, but internally, we have a SharePoint site, and it mentions and features all of our, all of our employee resource groups. 
in addition to what Kelton's stating about the SharePoint site, you know, I think connecting with people is the most important. So you can feel free to reach out to myself or Daniela or Kelton. And if you just simply express what group you're interested in learning more about, we'll be happy to, to connect you with that lead or share resources with you. Also, feel free to check us out on LinkedIn. We have the People Network, which shows an overview of our group and our aims and our directives. And then, of course, in the notes section of this podcast, we will include contact information and information for you to be able to join um, us or any ERG group of your choice. I want to thank you all for your time and more than anything for your leadership and your ongoing support, not just of the People Network, but of our diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives. Without you all and folks like you, this work can't get done. So I'm really grateful. And for everyone listening, thank you all for giving us your time today. We hope you've learned something new and are excited to learn more about what the ERGs at Envision are offering. And to sign up, it's really easy. In the notes for this episode, you'll see a link. If you have any questions or if you would like to become involved with our DEI program, you can always message us at diversity.inclusion at envisionhealth.com. Thank you for listening to The Surge. If you have any questions about this podcast or suggestions for future episodes, please contact us at communications at amsurge.com. 